Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing. Worth singing about So now you're in And now you won't bang out The Great City Hey, what's up everybody? It is Thursday, August 27, 2015 You're checking in with your smoking nephew uh, Ryan Holmes, a.k.a. Blazing Rye, a.k.a. Uh... Keith Kuntz, and I'd like to welcome the Shade to my batter and wah, Mr. Jonathan Weeks. Mr. Jonathan, how are you, man? Good man. How are you doing, man? Hey! 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 A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. So sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a faithful trip that started on this castaway aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor man, the skipper brave and sure. Five castaways set sail that day here on Gilligan's Isle. So. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Love this. Incredible. Uh, so what is Just going on? Just that the whole salt of the show. Yeah, well, let's let's we'll we'll do a whole show of of seventies, eighties, and nineties theme songs one night. <laughs> that sounds like a phenomenal idea. Let's do it now. What's the what's <laughs> what's the first theme song you would do? Ooh, everywhere you go, do do do. Everywhere is a hot. DJ and it's like the worst two characters, DJ and Kimmy Gibbler all grown up. And uh and and now but apparently they're getting the whole the whole cast seems to be involved at this point, or a lot of them at least. The Olsen kids? I think that they are re, the most recent thing I heard was that they may be considering it. Oh my god. Yeah, Love you got whatever. it, dude. How rude. <laughs> So what is go- going on with you in your life? What what what, what did you do last week and what are you doing this week and anything oh fun going God, on anything I don't terrible really going on? What I did. <laughs> well, last weekend wasn't, you know, too interesting. Hang out with my buddies, but the weekend before that was pretty fun. I went to uh I did that whole bachelor party thing we were talking about and yeah. went up to Vermont with the uh, the boys. It was pretty fun. It was good times. It was exhausting. Uh-huh. I uh, did all the driving, but it was uh, it was good. Uh, you know, the next couple weekends, I'm going to be off on vacay. I'm going to Europe for the first time ever, so I'm pretty excited about that. Wait, uh, back up. You're going off on date day? No, I'm going to be on my first vacay uh, to Europe. Oh. Uh, you know, the first, 
time ever leaving this country besides going to Montreal once and Quebec the other time. That's oh, about God. It. You know, this explains <laughs> so much. This explains so much about you. Um, and <laughs> where in Europe are you planning on going? Uh, it's, it's a family trip uh, going on a cruise, mm-hmm. flying into <laughs> Barcelona first. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then the cruise is going to hit up, leaves from Barcelona, goes to Naples, Florida. No, Florida. <laughs> Naples, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my God! No, I think uh, not Naples, Florida. Naples, Italy. Mm-hmm. Then Rome. Then Florence. Then Mallorca, Spain. Then uh, uh, what is it? Not Nice. Or Cannes, France. Mm-hmm. And then back to Barcelona. So no, Ven- no Venice. No Venice. No Venice. <laughs> I know. I'm devastated. That's okay. There's no Venice. That's all right. Um, no, no Paris. No London. No Paris. No London. No Paris. No Paris. No London. You're no going nothing. to. We were trying to get like our uh, one day in Europe to be in. Uh, London before we go on the cruise, but uh, yeah, bit expensive, bit expensive. <laughs> All right, you got, run me down those cities one more time that you're going. You're starting in Barcelona, and then what? Barcelona, then Naples, uh, Italy, then uh, Rome, then Florence, then Mallorca, Spain, then uh, Nice and Cannes, France. You know that. Uh, Rafael Nadal is from Mallorca. No, he's not. <laughs> Weird thing to make up. Um, and what I here's what I remember about Barcelona. Uh, I was studying in London in the fall of 2003 at the Globe Theatre, and the Ben Globe Roberts, and ben, ben Roberts, Jason Friedman, and I. Uh, we and and now we're all very good friends, but at the time. Um, there were they were kind of the marathon guys and we were the 120 guys. They were the two different drama houses, marathon and 120. I was in 120, they were in marathon. But we went on this trip together and it was kind of it was a little strange. Um, and and I remember packing way too much and being overcharged every time at the airport because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then um, uh, and and we stayed in these strange hostels and I think there's lady was giving a guy a blowjob and like it was like it was almost like we were sleeping in like drawers like you know it was like more than bed and um we we were like <laughs> we were like let's uh let, let's take a look at this cool looking building this this architecture is amazing and it was it was a church and uh we we walk into this beautiful church with this wonderful architecture, and um, and Friedman and Ben are stoned, by the way, because they had done <laughs> m- mushrooms in the Picasso Museum, and and we walk into this church, and it is full of people, and so the first thing we know is it's full of people. <laughs> Next thing we know, they're all crying, and it's a funeral. And oh my god! <laughs> and we were 
walking through, and they're, they're like, we we got to get out of here. And we walk through the whole thing, down the aisle of the church, out through it. And I, I'm fairly certain that I was wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey at the time. As well. <laughs> and man, was that a mess. And then at night, um, there was a – we walked by a – some uh, sign saying uh, live lesbian sex show. And <laughs> and Friedman and Ben were like, uh, nah, it's too expensive or whatever. And I was like, wait a second, live sex show? Why aren't we going to this? And they were like, good point. And so we go into this um, dodgy strip club and... Uh, we didn't think that it, you know we, there would be actual uh, fornication on stage, and what happens is uh, there's a girl and there's uh, and then uh, there's girls all night, and then a guy comes out in these assless chaps, and I'm thinking, and I I turn to Friedman and Ben, and I'm like, that's a guy, and Friedman goes, it's not a guy, and I said, that's a guy, it's not a guy, man, and then lo and behold. Uh, the scene starts, the live one, and he uh, pulls down his chaps and uh, uh, penetrates the woman's uh, vagina with his raw dick, and they have actual sex on stage. And then when they... Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. And, and they don't really, like, finish... It, like he is, So when he... So when they end... Um, there's there's they start striking the set as you would a typical play or whatever but the thing is the guy has a huge boner and he's you know <laughs> striking the chair and the set that they had just used and 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 Friedman who was insistent that this was not going to happen after it happened Ben and I both look at Friedman and he goes that was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> So do you plan on doing any of that stuff? <laughs> For some reason, I don't want to go to Europe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I read all these, you know, articles and you saw these YouTube videos, and it's, like, horrifying about uh, pickpocketing in uh, Italy and Spain being terrible places and, uh, and I don't know, man. What is going on with the world? I'm, I'm a little afraid. I, I mean, I'm, I'm admittedly very close-minded in the fact that I haven't gone out of the country. But, uh, you know, is it true? Are these places that bad? <laughs> um, <laughs> all I know is that wherever we went in Barcelona, we would always get lost. And I would be asking, I would be the only one who kind of spoke Spanish. And I'd be asking where where to go, and every single time the answer was, La Ramblas! Go to Las Ramblas! (laughs) Las Ramblas, or something. It's supposed to be like the the center of town or whatever. Meanwhile, whenever people are like, oh my god, I went to Barcelona and it's amazing, none of them have been to La La Ramblas. It was, (laughs) you know, and and that's where we had to go every single time we got lost. And then, when, when I left Ben and Friedman, um, they uh, were still in Spain, and they they went to another area in Spain, and then came back into Barcelona. And I think one night in Barcelona, they um, uh, 
neglected to book a hostel, so they wound up staying in an ATM vestibule, uh, which is, you know, insane. Um, and, uh, and then I went off to Italy to meet <clears throat> Nick Lichtenberg. And so I get to the airport in Milan, and when I get there, I leave my backpack in the bathroom. And I had just come from Spain, and I'm thinking, well, Spanish is very similar to Italian, so i got to talk to these people in Spanish at the airport because they'll know it better than English, I guess, since it's so similar to um, Italian. And so I'm in Italy, and I say, hey, uh, mi mochila está en el baño. And, you know, my backpack's in the bathroom. And mm-hmm. and and these Italian um, people at the airport, uh, like security people, were like, uh, uh, eventually, after we went back and forth for a while, they, they go, okay, how long has your wife been in the bathroom? And I go, no, no, not wife. Backpack. And they go, oh, backpack, oh, okay. <clears throat> and they, they wind up getting me the backpack. <laughs> And it's, it, I remember we didn't stay in Milan, so I have no idea what that's about. But then we, we and I didn't go to Florence or Naples, Florida or Italy. Um, and <laughs> we did go to Venice and Rome. And uh, Venice is awesome, so it's great that you're not going there. Uh, damn. And <laughs> huh? <laughs> you are? No, no, damn it. No, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Rome. Um, Rome, I remember being pretty sketchy. Like, I remember... Okay. Uh, if, if you're going to look out for strange things to happen, uh, I'd say probably Rome over anywhere else, unless you're, like, at the Vatican, which is, uh, if you if you get a chance to go there, you should do that, because it's just these exquisite views and crazy sculptures and architecture and stuff, and... Um, oh, wow. Lots of child molestation, and it's just a really. Uh, <laughs> um, but but aside from the kid diddling, it's it's very beautiful. Okay, definitely. I I don't think we'll have time to do it in the Vatican. I, we might, you know, but uh, definitely going to do a huge tour there, walking tour. And yes, you're probably right because a lot of the reports of like theft uh, and all that kind of stuff that come from uh, Rome, Rome, and. Uh, some in Barcelona, but Rome mainly. And it's, it sounds like hellish to even drive around there, so we're not going to drive. <laughs> I don't trust you driving in America, let alone a foreign country. <laughs> it sounds maniacal to drive there. It sounds insane. Yeah, don't don't do that. And and the, those guys. <laughs> You know those guys like that stand around. They'll stand around the Colosseum and whatnot, and they'll be dressed in like gladiator gear and stuff. If you take a picture with them, they'll try to you know hustle you for like fifteen twenty euro. So when oh my you God. guys get away from those guys, oh, I'll watch out for those guys. I'll run away from those guys. Yeah, you don't want to be near these guys. With the uh, they they're in the full gladiator regalia and they're they're gonna hustle you no matter what kind of picture you take with them. All right, that's good advice. I didn't know you had such adventures in Europe. What the? <laughs> I forgot that you even studied abroad there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was it was quite a time, and I believe we have a, a caller. Nine one. Yeah, is Jonathan Weeks there? Jonathan Weeks. <laughs> yeah, is Jonathan Weeks there. Yeah, Jonathan Weeks there. 
<laughs> yeah, you hear Well, listen. Who's, who's, this? who's this anyway? Uh, this is a guy with a limo. <laughs> a limo? A limo. That's a short for limousine. <laughs> <laughs> we say limo to yeah, well, kind of be more me? casual. But it's it's yeah. a true limousine. It's a uh, we call it even a stretch. I mean, it's a stretch, right. but it's a limousine. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I mean, what are you what are you calling? I'm 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I'm downstairs. Downstairs. Uh, yeah, I'm downstairs. I'm in the street. Got to be downstairs. Can't be downstairs. Well, because we want you to get in the limo, <laughs> since uh, there is space. I don't want to go in the limo with you. Home. you. What do you what do you do? What do you what do you do for a living? I do nothing for a living. That's how I can have a limo. If I did something for a living, could I afford a limo? Think about it. Or don't think about it. Is the limo yours? I don't want to think about it. Of course it is. I got the registration. What do you do with that limo? Do you drive around? No, no, no. I sit in the back. I try to get people like you to go in the car and drive it. You think I'm dumb enough to pay a limo driver? You. No, no, I'm, not, I'm looking for Jonathan Weeks. Are you Jonathan Weeks? Yeah, I am. I am. Well, that's great. Then come downstairs right now, <laughs> or upstairs well, if you're downstairs. Down, I'm, not, I'm not upstairs. <laughs> come downstairs. I'm in the basement. Well, then, then come upstairs. All right. Or, okay. Okay. We're, we're right I'll come upstairs. Upstairs. We're right outside. I, I, I've got to go now because there's uh, one of those traps. They're about to put a ticket on, on the car. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. Don't, don't do that. Jonathan Weeks will be down in a second. I'm here. Don't do that. So Jonathan Weeks will be up in a second. I thought he'd be down in a second. He'll right be up in a second. <laughs> where oh, where are you right trying now. to go? Where do you want to go? I'm going to go anywhere you want, but I would prefer to go home. You want to go to Rome? You want to go to Naples? Home. Home. I, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I really, I have to move the car. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm I, sorry. I, I'm I apologize. Help. I'm going to drive. I'll drive. I'll drive. I'll drive. Okay, great. The, you know, I'll be on the I'm street in five right? minutes. I'll see you. Uh, I'll be there at six. <laughs> <laughs>
you know what? I knew this was going to happen. I foretold this truth to happen. I, I've seen your latest uh, Facebook posts. They're in bewilderment of what's happening. And I can't tell you what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping out of all people you would have an explanation. Yeah, I do have an explanation, but it's not something you're going to like. It's, it's just uh, it's a bit much. It's a bit much out there right now. Okay, uh, give it, give it to me, give it to me straight. No filter on this show. We're backstage. It's off the record, uncensored. That's true. The wheels are falling off on this. You know, you'll have to. I, I don't know what's going on. I think there's just a vacuum right now. <laughs> I think that vacuum is filled with Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was his hair in the vacuum. You may not like him. You probably hate him, but he is hilarious. I believe. I think he's right. very entertaining. Right. <laughs> but is that but is it does that concern you though? <laughs> it, you know, as a Republican <laughs> uh I don't know what's happened. Either I you become seem to love him. you seem to love laughing at him. You always crack up at the jokes we make about Trump. You you just you can't get enough of him. But at the same time, what is happening? There's two, there's two things happening here. There's one where I've just become so numb to the other candidates that uh, Trump has been kind of like a odd save and a godsend in that he's, you know, kind of practical, kind of it tells it how it is, tells it he's not politically correct, uh, and he's kind of like, you know, changing the whole demographics, the whole kind of political landscape. He's huge in a lot of ways. And then there's the other part where I'm just like, oh, my God, when is the real political theater going to start? When is the real candidate going to start? When is the the actual Republican who can actually win this going to come out? But I don't think it's coming out. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I think Trump is going to win the nomination. I, I really think that this is going to happen. And, okay. Uh, I'm horrified, but I'm exhilarated at the same time as a Republican. I think it's good or bad, but I don't know which way it's going to go. Depends on the Democrats now. I think Trump has made a huge, and the Republicans have made a huge uh, move in the chess game that the, that the Democrats don't know how to respond to. I think this is, and, and they're going to have a tough time, especially with Hillary and Hot Water and uh, Sanders and uh, Biden going to fight it out, so. Um, it's crazy. It's a crazy world right now. Okay, uh, I that was there was nothing I gained from that, but the uh, but except that you said it's a crazy world right now, and that is the other thing that I wanted to to bring up. Uh, everything is very unsettling at the moment. It's it's and. I don't know why, I don't know what's going on exactly, but things just, it seems like, I don't know, it, it just seems like everything's kind of off kilter, things are uh, messy, um, and, uh, and, and why, like, like, it, like, I've been queasy all week, and it just feels like, it just feels like all this is gonna uh, just culminate in something terrible. And why is that? What's going on? Uh, what like the, some something is is you know it's been a weird 
year. It's it's been you know it's, right. I've never I never in my life envisioned a year, a little over a year, where uh, Robin Williams kills himself. Um, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Cosby is apparently a serial rapist, and mm-hmm. David Letterman's not on late night TV. And so it's mm-hmm. in comedy alone. It's been a terrible year. And then, uh, and then you look at, I mean, look at what, Jesus Christ, what happened yesterday uh, was, and and you know, I mean, and I'm sure people will say, well, people get sh- shot every day and nobody says anything because it's not on camera. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, but the thing is that we, I think, when, when we see something like that happen to somebody just doing their job, um, then and, and and it happens live on the air and stuff. It's it's very I don't know. It hits home more than um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say other than things are very disquieting and unsettling right now. And yes. why is that? And what what the hell is going on? And when and when will it get better, John Weeks? Well, I mean, yeah, I know I know what you mean. It's like a perfect storm of craziness and turmoil in the world, especially in the United States. It's a, you know, but uh, I think the country is just hurting all around. I think, you know, and, um, you know, in my view, my you know, my Republican view is because of the current politics that's going on. So, you know, yes, you have this breakdown and kind of, you know, in the, uh, yeah, you know, popular culture, which probably is death and everything. You have breakdown in the police force and the treatment of the police force, police brutality, as they call it. Uh, you have a breakdown in kind of America in terms of its economics and, you know, the markets kind of collapsing and the difference of opinion between, you know, economy improving and not, not so improving. Um, I think there's been a real lack of leadership, quite frankly, and I think it's just all coming to an end. You know, basically, it's 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 not good, basically, in this country. And, uh you know, I don't think things are working themselves out. That's why voices like Trump kind of rise, because people had enough. You know, as far as people say that he's on the fringes, he's pulling big numbers right now. He's pulling numbers that are comparable and in some polls equal to the the Democrats right now, which is bad news for Democrats. But, uh, you know, so I think I think it's just a matter of the country not doing well economically, Politically, internationally, and I think it's a matter of just a lack of leadership. You know, I, I you probably totally disagree, but um, I think that's where it's headed. You know, it was a bad Iran deal recently, and an economy that's just sinking. And I think it's going to get worse uh, before it gets better. So that's my feeling on it. And I think, you know, you know, with gun violence, that's another big thing that's never been taken on, and. and whether the gun activists are so powerful or, you know, the, the politicians. And this goes not just to Obama, but it goes to Congress. Congress is terrible, too. So it's Republican-led Congress has done nothing at all. I, I would rather see Democrats control the Congress, quite frankly. Uh, but, you know, nothing's been done properly in this country to face these issues. Gun violence is one of them. Education is another one. Immigration is another one. You know, we've done nothing on those issues. Economy and jobs are two other big ones. And that's why I would say Donald Trump's getting so much edge. It's not necessarily that it's a lot of his voice and it's crazy and uh, politically correct. People want to see jobs and growth in the country, and they're looking to the guy like Donald Trump, who's a businessman, who can do that. So, I don't know. 
That's what I think. Suddenly, I'm on in the country right now. I'm on. What? We're on. We're on Hannity all of a sudden. So, uh, <laughs> no, I don't blame it on just about. I blame it on the current political situation. Democrats and Republicans have failed this country. So I, I think there's a change. A change is absolutely necessary, and uh, hopefully, somebody can create jobs. That's all I care about. Jobs in the economy. I don't think anything else is important. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to disagree with everything, um, but uh, it it's um, I I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's a matter of politicians. I I just think something is weird right now in the world as a whole, and I don't know what it is, and I I don't think it's as simple as as Congress and the president, I, it's just something, something just feels fucking off. The, if we're going to talk about it in, politically, the only thing that I can make sense out of is if you have a, a leader who is um, crazy, uh, like, say, uh, George Del, uh, Governor, Governor George W. Bush, um, then, uh, then people tend to be less crazy in the country because they don't need to be as crazy as the president. <laughs> then, when you have a president who is calm, cool, and collected, uh, like President Obama, people feel the need to be crazy. So, <laughs> the only thing that I can think of being an advantage to Donald Trump uh winning the presidency would would be that then the crazy people wouldn't be uh, as crazy as the president so then they wouldn't start acting up and doing crazy things again like that's that the only, that's the only way i can rationalize it and i'm you know i hope that that is not accurate but uh but but people I don't know. People are fucking crazy, and and yeah. Yes, they are crazy. And the thing yesterday was horrific. But you know, in the good news arena, you know that the Americans were heroes in uh, France. You know, on yeah. that train. So I think that was a great thing. But uh, for sure, on the other side of things, people don't talk about the French response on that train. I think that was pretty pathetic. Did you see what they did? No. You know, what, they, what did they do? In defense, the first guy who attacked the uh, so-called the terrorist. Uh, yeah. was French Americans, but um, the French response on the train is security personnel at first tried to rush the guy. When they saw him have a, he had a gun, mm-hmm. they rushed back to the back of the train and they went behind a steel door. And mm-hmm. they didn't open the door when people were pounding on it, uh, you know, begging for help. I think it's a scary world because I think there's very few people who stand up and what they believe in and I think, and are willing to say things. And unfortunately, it takes a crazy guy with a lot of money uh, in this country to do so. And people are rallying behind that. I think that's not to be taken lightly. He's not pulling small numbers. He's, you know, number one in the GOP. And he's matching up pretty well against all Democrats. So I think, um, and we have to wait and see. Hillary's got some issues with the Zeno thing, so... <laughs> you know, I think Bernie or yeah. 
Biden would be a welcome addition to the Democratic race. Uh, John Weeks, do you know what time it is? Oh, my God. It's the hot mess awards. Thank Christ. three-hour rehearsal with the students down here at Piedmont College Ooh. for Lillian Smith's Strange Fruit. Mm. And oh, had, that's uh, what they used to call me. Today and all kinds of crap. Just meetings, 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 production meetings. I'm not used to all this meeting shit. <laughs> but weren't you like captain of the PTA in, uh, in, in when, when Lulu was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> so those were some meetings. Yeah, there were a lot of meetings. Well, that was my whole life was meetings in those days. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up I actually ended up being the the second. There was the president, and then there was me for the entire city of New York. <laughs> yeah, to, to watch over the yeah, children. Hey, <laughs> hey, but it got but it got me to D.C. and Chicago and all these like crazy places for national conventions and stuff. Yeah, it was a good time. Okay. <laughs> Um, now, did you have a story before we move into the Hot Mess Awards? Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, yes, I'm down, here at, I'm down here at this college in, in Georgia. And, of course, it's sort of a, it's a wonderful little place, you know, sort of quasi-religious school. And there's these signs all around campus that say tobacco-free campus. Well, I took that a little too literally, I guess, because I was sitting there and I had this little roach left over from my my visit to the mountains earlier in the week. And I see this little gazebo sitting over there, and I go, damn, that looks real fine. I think I need to go over there and finish me that roach. I no sooner lit it up, and this little RA just popped up out of the friggin' bushes. I don't know where the hell he came from. <laughs> Nothing around, and no one was there, and suddenly this kid was, like, standing in front of me. And I said, can I help you? And he goes, well, I'm trying to figure out what that smell is. And I said, well, you know what that smell is. He said, well, that's not allowed on campus. I said, well, it's just medicinal, and I'm almost through. He said, well, uh, you can't smoke that on campus because there's kids around. And I said, well, one, it's not tobacco, so they need to change the sign to smoke-free campus and not just tobacco-free and fine, da, da 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 And then as he's leaving, he goes, oh, so how's Strange Fruit going? So he like ah. knew what I was for and everything. What I the? come home, and I go, okay, fuck it. You know, it's probably nothing, because because he seemed to be sort of chatty afterwards. Ten minutes later. Uh-oh. <laughs> Campus Popo. Asking me what I was doing, to which I said, well, you obviously know what I was doing because I guess that's why you're here. Not a good way to start, but there you go. 
then, you know, I said, well, it's medicinal. And he said, well, do you have papers for that? And I said, not on me. He said, well, just be a little more discreet because there's kids around. So that's like the party line. There's kids yeah. around. So I said, uh, not an issue because I will not do it on campus anymore. So I found the block that everybody, like, drives off of campus and tools up and down to light up their bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do they What yeah. do they mean by kids? They, they they're college kids, right? Yeah. Oh. There's kids around. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> There's mm. kids around. So you know now I'm just like paranoid as shit, like thinking you know, they're following <laughs> me now. They know I'm here for five and a half more weeks, so they're going to keep an eye on me. You know, I I can't even go into Walmart that I don't think somebody's like got their eye on. <laughs> now, is it for medicinal purposes? Uh oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think you're I, extra I, I parent. I have glaucoma some days, so it's preventative. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never lie. All right, sorry, who have you uh, got for us for the hot mess awards? Well, I'm gonna lump all three of these in together and you know occasionally I do the really good hot mess. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen Straight Out of Compton. Nope. Mm. No. You haven't? I want it. Nope. You, you haven't? <laughs> Not yet. No. Oh my god. Those three those three lead young men are just friggin' phenomenal. Ooh. Corey Hawkins as Doctor Dre, Jason Mitchell who I have the feeling will probably be uh, on the short list for nominations come the end of the year, as Easy e is just incredible. Mm. And Shay Jackson Jr. is freaky, because that is Ice Cube's son and looks exactly like him 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, so Ice freaky. Cube's son actually plays him in the movie? Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And he's phenomenal. Okay. Wow. Everyone's good, but the three of them, and Jason Mitchell, he's new on my radar, but he's going to be there as Easy e is just incredible. Really good wow. movie. Really good. I mean, you know, technically it's got some issues and there's some stuff they should have done that they didn't, but just the fact that it even got made and that it's out there and that it's still as fucking relevant as it is, I mean, mm -hmm. how fucking police isn't an anthem Again, in light of everything that's happened the last two years, you know, and just the sort of indiscriminate murder of uh, black folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really good movie. Cool. All right, now I feel yeah, like we're I not gotta, on... Huh? I saw, yeah, i got to make them my good hot mess. I feel <laughs> like... Now I feel like we're not on Hannity anymore. And I've We're, been out of the loop a little, and really it only seems like the only fucking breaking news about anything is Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's like after an hour of dealing with the, the, you know, cameraman and the newswoman that were shot yesterday, CNN had to go, breaking news, you know, Donald Trump farted in, a, in Spanish. <laughs> Every single time there's been a transition from the, the double murder – it every single time I've seen on whatever station it says now to Donald Trump like ever there's not ever been yeah. any other story transitioning into that after and it's always so awkward. 
Donald Trump is the is the uh, the airline that went down, you know, over in Indonesia a couple of years ago. Remember oh, yeah. how that was just all day, every yeah. day, for like four fucking months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's Donald Trump now. <laughs> all right. Okay, so that those were your three hot messes, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for bringing us off of Hannity and on to uh, Rachel Maddow. Because uh, John Weeks earlier was sounding like we were on uh, Fox News. Um, so are you guys uh, lubed up and ready, to, <laughs> and ready to joke off? Oh, that's yeah. right. Cue the strings and the horns. It was very catchy. Speak of the devil. Donald Trump told Matt Lauer Wednesday that Univision anchor Jorge Ramos was totally out of line. I was being asked a question from another reporter. I would have gotten to him very quickly. And he stood up and started ranting and raving like a madman. He was totally, absolutely out of line. Lauer then said, Oh no, I'm sorry. I was asking you about Mr. Ramos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Ooh, I feel a drive through coming on in my future. <laughs> and burritos. <laughs> yeah. Burger King. Burger King printed an open letter in major newspapers this week proposing the McWhopper as a solution to the age, uh, the age-old uh, fast food rivalry. McDonald said no. Now I know the Burger King and the Burger King and the Grimace. They get along okay. But the thing is, the Burger King and Hamburger have this bitter rivalry that goes back almost a century. It's sad, really, when you think about it. But I often see the Burger King trying to mend fences, and I'm telling you, Grimace is down, but the hamburger and most likely Ronald McDonald are halting progress in solving the robbery and also world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Donald Trump can get the Burger King to build fences around the, you know. <laughs> and yeah. I'm trying to figure how we got into Hobbit territory with that age off fast food rivalry. Yeah, sorry about that. The age, age off. The age off. It was from the first folio of these jokes. Age off. Age off. Okay. <laughs> and breaking news Donald Trump said Tuesday, I'm never eating Oreos again. After Oreos announced it may close its Chicago plant and reopen in Mexico. He followed that up by saying, Oreos are really bullshit anyway. They're kind of losers. Their poll numbers have been dropping ever since the world went vegan. Oreos are just terrible people. (laughs) CNN bumped Anderson Cooper's special on the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina to cover Donald Trump. Yeah, apparently his hairpiece leaked into the next hour. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lord. And this is a creepy story. A creepy cloaked figure is freaking people out after dark in Gastonia, North North Carolina apartment complex. You see, bitches? 
I'm really in uh, the cackalacka laka. <laughs> North Carolina. Isn't isn't the figure like leaving like Throw your little, hands up. Like little bits of food around and shit? Take your shirt off. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? like totally weird shit. Cackalacka. Those <laughs> cackalacka. Cackalacka. <laughs> It's like some creepy thing in a hood and a cloak and all this crap, and it's like dropping like you know little bits of like meat and shit. This sounds like you're describing an uncircumcised dick. Oh, what? Because of the hooded cloak dropping thing. <laughs> North Kakalaka. <laughs> Take your shirt Put your off. Hands up. Helicopter. Two unlicensed doctors are now charged for performing botched surgeries on an unnamed man's penis, leaving it mutilated. Investigators say the victim's penis was now incredibly small, yet very swollen, and the skin around the shaft had been removed and was oh. raw. Oh. And this is why you can never trust an unlicensed penis doctor. Been saying this for years, guys. Exactly. What was the right, procedure? Bro. What was the procedure, and why did two doctors anyway? They were trying That's to, true. like, an implant in there to make it uh, longer, and and this was he he went back to them after they already botched his butt implants. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're working with a full deck there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did he take the short bus to and from the office? Oh, did you did, did you see that movie? Short bus. Yeah. Isn't that I like? Loved. Oh my God! And uh, the the you know I was listening to um, what's his name? Judd Apatow was on Mark Maron's podcast, and they were talking about John Cameron Mitchell, and he was like, "Oh, have you seen Short Bus?" And Maron says. Yeah, I had to close the blinds because I didn't want my neighbors to think I was watching gay porn. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, it's a... I used to be able to do that one scene myself. <laughs> were you... You know what I'm talking about. W- were you singing the national anthem? Uh, no. It was just a regular old Hummer. It was what? Just a regular old Hummer. <laughs> Okay. Sire? It's you. What? Sire. (laughs) Oh, that's me? Yep. Oh, the National Park Service's 99th birthday is this week. To celebrate, Ken Burns is releasing a documentary that'll take 99 years to fucking watch. (laughs) (laughs) He hurts the shit out of me, that man. (laughs) Why? He's just a little hoity-toity. Everything's a little too tight and terse. Oh. And and he looks like a hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Fox News host Jesse Waters suggested Tuesday that these courses be added to college campuses. International relations, the world's Muslim problem, and women's studies, the case for male dominance. Another course he suggested, why Hitler was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ziggity, ziggity. 
It is. <laughs> a 63-year-old woman saw Donald Trump's face in her vegan butter. Her vegan butter told her she's a loser for not being able to eat dairy, and she's very, very horrible. <laughs> At an event this week, President Obama called Republican opponents the crazies. When asked if that was inappropriate, he said, Have you seen their 2016 lineup? <laughs> <laughs> An article this week compared Donald Trump to Regina George from Mean Girls. I think he's more like Sloth from the Goonies. Hey, you guys! <laughs> I like the Goonies. Yeah, classic. Goonies. Now, 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 bear with me on this one because this is just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> the curry shop named Jimizu. How specialty is a poo-flavored curry. Oh, my. Its ingredients make it look and taste similar to human nation. This dish was the brainchild of the executive chef, Ken Shimishu. Wanted the dish to remind people of his other line of work as a male porn actor who has feces in some of his <laughs> An unrelated story the ghost of Danny Thomas has decided to do all of his same food work in for the pygmies. <laughs> a 43-year-old virgin from Scotland who lost all of his genitals in a car accident <laughs> at age six has received an eight-inch bionic penis. Perhaps you should talk to the unnamed man who trusted those unlicensed penis doctors I always warn you about. <laughs> really? What I'm trying to figure out is how he's still a virgin with that 8-inch bionic penis. <laughs> I think not anymore. Barbara, <laughs> Barbara Streisand posted a photo this week of her, of her, Lady Gaga, John Travolta, and Kelly Barbara and Travolta are good friends, whereas he calls her Froka Montelfak. <laughs> Can you uh, can you do me a favor, Weeks, and say Barbara Streisand uh, really loud once? Barbara Streisand. <laughs> and now, can you do that five times? Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Sire. Faruka Manatolasak. Oh boy. Yeah. Avril Levine posted a photo of her hugging a fan to prove that she is just as good with her fans as Taylor Swift is with hers. 
She also released an audio message telling her fans, It's a damn cold night. <laughs> I'm with you. What? I'm with you. Take me by the hand and take me somewhere. I'm with you. <laughs> it's a damn cold night. Try to figure out this life. And take me somewhere new. I'm Burglary suspect Mary J. Smith called 911 to prevent a fire at the place uh, she was robbing. This marks the first time Mary J. called 911 since her duet with Wyclef in 2000. (laughs) (laughs) Two Iowa men brought weapons to a Pokemon tournament in Boston. It was not effective. (laughs) Indiana Popo detained a parrot for allegedly cursing out an 85-year-old woman. The parrot reportedly said, Polly want a rim job. Polly want a rim job. I'll let you touch it later. I'll let you touch it later. You call that a salad? <laughs> a giant red ball was seen rolling through the Toledo streets this week. Oh, no, wait a minute. That was Chris Christie doing a campaign stop in Ohio. <laughs> Like a campaign roll by. <laughs> a New Jersey couple placed their infants in a hotel room safe during their vacation <laughs> to Niagara Falls while they were playing a game of hide and seek. In my opinion, at least this way you will always know where your baby is. It's a good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Leave the baby in the safe. Pretty responsible. Costumish.com has released a Cecil the Lion Killer dentist costume equipped with blood and a severed lion head. The title of the costume is Asshole. (laughs) That might be the best one you've ever written. (laughs) (laughs) And it got no laughs. That's just too true to even laugh at. That's so good. School-aged children in Osaka, Japan, just to come full circle, are learning about in a fun and interactive way. At a playground, there's a slide is concealed within a 16-foot toilet bowl. Jared Fogel will now be joining the ghost of Danny Thomas in Japan. Sorry, Tom Fogarty, thank you so much. Don't get caught with the reef inside mine. I'm on my way to drive through Arby's, I think. Oh. I need a roast beef. With the pork. Hell yeah, man. And then imagine it's a vagina. Good night, Sirmine. Bow, ciao, bellies. Thank you. Later, Tommy boy. Love you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Weeks, you made some strange noises in that last joke there. <laughs> I did. I don't know what's going on with my noises here. Those are good jokes. Those are excellent jokes. Loving the Thanks. jokes. Thanks. They were they were delivered well by um, by you and Tom. By you. <laughs> by you yeah, and Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you. You. Now. Um, the, 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 did you ever see the Island of Dr. Moreau? I'm not. I've heard a lot of good things about this. Well, that's not possible. Oh, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's this movie that Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer did in the nineties. And I watched this documentary about how it was cursed from the get go and, Boy, it's fascinating. And the main thing I took away from the the documentary is is just that. Well, one of the things is that Val Kilmer is just a fucking asshole. He was like everyone said how big an asshole he was being, and it, everything was power plays with him. And um, and then like Brando was at the point in his life where he just didn't give a shit anymore. So he would like have um somebody from the trailer feed him his lines from the trailer while he was shooting the scene and one a guy who was cast in the movie was um a uh a guy uh uh, uh a guy was was uh, the smallest uh smallest man in the world and i think he was from the Dominican Republic and he was like um 14 inches tall or something and uh and and brando loved that guy. So he he wound up insisting that this little guy was with him in every single scene which wasn't in the script. And and he also insisted that he uh have white face on. Uh so Brando had white face on for no reason and uh and then like the this girl who when the first director of the film got fired and was replaced by another director this girl who like left the film and then they were like you'll never work in hollywood again if you don't come back and so she came back but she started talking to brando and was like um do you want to uh you know talk about our characters a little bit and he goes what why would we do that my dear and she's like um well you know i mean can you know so we know our relationship to each other and stuff and he goes listen the this script it doesn't make any sense the story doesn't make any sense. What's the point? Just have fun. That's the whole thing. And But the thing is, he was making less and less sense out of it with all his weird demands that he was making. And, and yeah, Kilmer was just a, a prick, apparently. And, and like nobody had a good thing to say about Val Kilmer. And this the first director, who's kind of the whole reason the thing started, had a vision for the movie and everything. And, and then it just got totally... Uh, sidetracked, and he was an odd fella too, because he's—I think he's Irish—and he, um, his mother uh, was a, a practiced witchcraft, and so when things when things weren't going well in the movie, the the direct the first director who got fired, Richard Stanley, goes, yeah, "So so then when 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 I learned that Marlon wasn't going to um um be able to uh, um um come for the first." <laughs> day of shooting um um then what i did was i um i i i reached out to an old chappy in uh, london who um cast a spell uh in order to um um make uh, everything uh all, all right again and just as he cast that 
spell and, and did a little bit of uh, witchcraft the chappy did then that's when we learned Marlin would come to the set and was going to be there on time and it's um, I highly recommend watching this documentary haven't seen the movie uh, but I'm curious to see the actual movie now I mean I remember when it came out and I remember Val Kilmer going on I think your boy Leno's show and uh and and he's like, so uh, you know, tell me about this movie, The Island, Doctor Moreau, what's going on? And Bell, Bell Cameron, and 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 he's like, so you you uh you got to work with Marlon Brando? And then Val Kilmer, goes, <laughs> Val Kilmer goes, yes, he played the island. <laughs> so they didn't. They hated each other, Brando and, and Kilmer, and I mean, I guess everyone hated Kilmer, and it was like fresh off of that. And he was, you know, like like biggest movie star around, fresh off of Batman Forever. Um, but uh, what do you think about all that, huh? I think that's incredible. I want to watch the movie now. I'm looking at reviews, and it's not good. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's like... Rotten Tomatoes has, has it at one star of 23%, <laughs> and then uh, IMDb has it at two out of five stars. Not, not good. No. But I, I, I want to watch it. Yeah, it's known for being like a, a, a really bad movie. Um, but I mean, I mean, you know, Brando's incredible, and Kilmer can be good sometimes. And uh, I think I would love to watch it. Actually, I love it. there's the little guy in it, right? So I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, but Brando, <laughs> you're thinking of like streetcar Brando, Godfather Brando. This is Brando just before the end. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's like. Um, was wasn't he in the score with uh, Robert De Niro? And uh, he had a lot of issues. Like he wouldn't get up to stand up in the scenes in that movie too. He, he was well, in He that? refused to stand. He was yeah, in he, there with he was in for De Niro and Edward Norton. Yeah, he's in there for a very short scene. There's like a bar scene, and he refused to stand. So they had to do a, this, a, the scene with him sitting down, and he was eating like really eating during the scene because he. Wanted to eat and didn't want to yeah. act. I guess he he always wanted to eat. Yeah, <laughs> he, and he was in uh, Michael Jackson's uh, like last real video too. The You Rock My World. He was in. You know, Brando was incredible. You know, he was just larger than life. He was, uh, you know, he's, he was something else. I guess. But he was I like in the movie though. Yeah, he 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 also would would have these like he would always talk about how much he loved. Uh, uh, men that he worked with, you know, he just like would all would like uh, pet them. I don't know. He's like, come here, my son, come here, and you know, he's, uh, I don't know. He's a strange guy. Um, and uh, and and yeah, the the documentary is called Lost Soul, uh, something like the the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, because then it got taken over by John Frankenheimer, who was a real hard ass, you know, director. And, and I guess was known to wrangle actors and be good at that kind of thing. But, um, what a mess. Like everything went wrong with that movie. The, the set was destroyed by like a storm. And, and then oh. Richard Stanley wouldn't come out of his house or something. He wouldn't come to meetings, but then he's saying that they didn't tell him about meetings and everything's just uh it's a mess. Um but uh I wanted to also mention that uh uh you know um Artie Lang comedian yeah, Frank was so, uh, contributor on the Howard Stern show for many years had his own radio show, yeah. 
Well, he's not allowed back on Howard. I, I know. It's terrible. You know, he was one of the most popular guests or, you know, co-hosts on Howard. Well, I think it was no. for his own... It was for his own good, though. I think Howard wanted right, him to get right. help. Yeah. Um, so Artie Lang goes and does Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, and I'm pretty sure Gilbert's not allowed on Howard anymore either. So it's like, you know, the scorned Howard Stern people. And uh, and Artie Lang told this great story. They were talking about um, talking about Babe Ruth, and uh, he he said. You know, uh, this this guy, uh, this kind of like, you know, this terrible ball player who was like, you know, I don't even know if he, why he was out of the minor leagues. But he, uh, I remember he was telling this story one time about Babe Ruth and he said, well, I, um, you know, I remember we were there, we were on the road and uh, we were at the hotel and I was taking a shower. <laughs> and then... And then I felt this warm trickle down my back, and I turned around, and I saw that, <laughs> I saw that, I saw the babe there urina- urinating on me with the broad. <laughs> and God, he thought that was funny. <laughs> and then in another... Uh, In another uh, Gilbert Gottfried podcast, they were interviewing um, Josh Mostel, the son of the legendary uh, Zero Mostel, and um, they he he was doing a movie with Jack Palance, and he told Zero Mostel told uh, I mean Josh Mostel said to Zero Mostel, you know, I heard that you and my dad got in a fist fight. Because oh. there's this rumor that Jack Palance and Zero Mostel did not like each other. And then Jack Palance goes, oh, no, 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 no. I loved your dad. You know, one time we were uh, shooting a movie, uh, Panic in the Streets. And I, uh, I had this prop gun. And I went into the dressing room and I was showing your dad the prop gun. And then Zero turns around, he says, hey, you want a target for that prop gun? And then he proceeds to pull down his pants and shows me that beautiful pink ass. And then I shot it, but the damn thing was loaded. I shot, and then he starts screaming, you shot me in the ass. You shot me in the ass. God, I loved your dad. <laughs> what do you think about those two stories? I think those stories are incredible, but what's even better is the way you interpreted that story. The last one was amazing. I, mean, I, I don't think you, I could, actually listen to the real thing would be as good as that. It was hilarious. It's uh... disturbing. <laughs> Both stories similar. Like, what a weird way to tell. He's like, he's like. Then I turn around. There's the babe urinating on my back with the broad. God, he thought that was funny. And then the Palance one ends the same way. He's like, oh, you shot me in the ass. You shot me in the ass. God, I love that. You know, it's very strange. It's strange, but great. Great stories. Love them. It makes sense. It just, it just makes sense. The babe would do that. 
You know, I told Julian about the. It was like, you know, Danny Thomas, the guy from the St. Jude commercials when we were growing up, and he was like, yeah. And then I told him, well, you know, the rumor is that he used to uh, lay under a glass coffee table while a, a naked prostitute would take a shit on top of the glass coffee table while he was jerking off. And then in the other version of the story, there was no glass coffee table. And Julian started cracking up when I said in the other version of the story. And then a few seconds go by, and I turned to him and I said, but he's done so many great things for children's cancer research. And Julian like, <laughs> fell over on the couch in this bar, fell over laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That story is too much. That is just too much, Danny Thomas. You're too much, sir. Danny Thomas. I I can never look at that guy the same again. <laughs> no, not anymore. Um, it's done. No. He's done. Yeah, and then and this guy, this like historian of Hollywood stuff, Steve Cox was on Gilbert's podcast and he was he, he was saying, Now I heard that Danny Thomas and as soon as he says Danny Thomas, Steve Cox goes, Oh God. And then he's, and and he's like, okay, well, here, you know, the the rumor was, you know, allegedly he uh, liked women to shit in his mouth. There's no other way of saying it. I can't say it any other way. And and then and and, and then later he goes, um, he goes. But then, you know, you know, you, I bet you people are thinking, well, you know, no, it's got to be made up. But no, because I knew his mistress and she confirmed that that is what he liked doing so pretty gross yeah but and even then it, grosser that it's confirmed now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the grossness has just been multiplied by thousands just because now it's the truth oh <laughs> <laughs> i saw a quote thomas a, a quote and it said uh Success has nothing to do with what you gain in life or accomplish for yourself. It's what you do for others. But I'm thinking it's what you do on others is what he meant to say. <laughs> While sitting on a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Stephen Sondheim, legendary Broadway composer, Stephen Sondheim, because I was with this, you know, that, that homeless guy that I banged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That hobo that I uh, I banged, uh, he was <laughs> he was telling me that uh, that he was like yeah. So I met Stephen Sondheim, and apparently he likes young boys to shit on him because I mean yeah, I took his shit on his chest. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said this. Yeah, the the home the hobo that I hooked up with. You make me want to Google this now to find out. Don't whatever you, whatever you do, don't Google. Well, you can Google Danny Thomas because it comes up right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those rumors. I did do that. Those rumors pop up right away. Yeah, I mean, it's it, called. You, eggs you can't go Danny wrong Thomas. with that. I mean, that's, that's got to be the truth. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> Google is never wrong. No, Google is never ever. <laughs> And and then this this one who is this one that we were just talking about? What did I say his name was? Steve Sondheim. Steve oh yeah, Stephen Sondheim. Let me look up. Um, legendary composer. He's legendary. 
he is legendary. Uh, I don't see anything about likes to get shit on. I mean, well, you have to use a, a number of different terms. Defecation, you know. Feet, oh, that's feet. good. Defecation. <laughs> no, it's nothing. <laughs> oh, wait. But, no, well, no, well, no. Do you trust and you believe this, uh, this homeless man? <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. He later admitted that he lies a lot. Um, but this is one of the things. This is one of the things that I don't think was was a lie. And I also was like, "Are you really Oliver Platt's nephew?" And he was like, "Oh yes, that's true." Um, so apparently that's true. Uh, and he does have the same last name and everything. Um, so you know, thank God nobody listens to this because I could be in trouble. Um, especially if he's anything like his character in Fargo. Uh, but. Um, uh, this kid, this homeless guy, he said, uh, uh, I, I said, were you really a keyboardist for MGMT? And he says, I made up a lot of things while I was drinking. Because one of the things on Facebook one time is like, changed his occupation to pianist for MGMT, which is like a huge fucking deal. But I, I don't know how, you know, but, but he wasn't. That was a lie. Oh. Ugh. God. I wouldn't even what? be mad at him. I'd just be disappointed. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I well, get it that you know he lied. You know, sometimes you got to. But yeah, you're one you know? to talk. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that that was like one of the worst nights of my life when, when you know, we're laying there and he's like, and then like the muffin lady comes around at five a.m. and gives us muffins and and this other lady comes and is like, honey, let me get you something to eat, and I go, why are you sleeping on? park benches and he goes well I haven't gotten my paycheck yet and I oh god I just fucked a homeless guy <laughs> doing the city of service I mean that's that's pretty nice that's pretty well apparently it's uh it's it's a big uh, it's a common thing that stand up comedians do in Boston. Apparently it's like accidentally banging homeless people is huge for stand up comics in, in Boston, I hear. I didn't know that, really. Yeah, very I'm strange. I'm not getting into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> or why not just be homeless? <laughs> That's another good point, yeah. Less, <laughs> less work. You save a lot of money, that's for sure. <laughs> um <laughs> So, what is your favorite scene? And she's a man, 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 yeah, I people have been sending us like stuff like socks. I don't know. We don't need any socks, but they keep sending us socks. And I said, "Oh, I could use some socks." <laughs> uh, why did I know where that was going? <laughs> so I left with a big bag of socks because of September. Yes, well. That's another positive from from September. Bane's name. I love Buscemi's response. What? 
uh, another talk. <laughs> okay. My favorite scene from season nine, which is Man of Pines, man. It's got to be when Man of Pines plays a businessman named Gordon Gecko. <laughs> this is a long, long, long quote. <laughs> it may be terrible. Here I go. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the opportunity you're giving me, Mr. Cromwell, as the single largest shareholder and tells our paper. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. America, America has become a second-rate power. Its trade deficit and its fiscal deficit are at nightmare proportions. Now, in the days of the free market when our country was a top industrial power, there was accountability to the stockholder. The Carnegies, the Mellons, the men that built this great industrial empire made sure of it because it was their money at stake. Today, management has no stake in the company. Altogether, these men sitting up here own less than 3% of the company, and where does Mr. Cromwell put his million-dollar salary? Not in Teldar stock. He owns less than 1%. You own the company, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, you, the stockholder. And you are all being royally screwed over by these bureaucrats with their luncheons, their hunting and fishing trips, their corporate jets, and their golden parachutes. This is an outrage, Mr. Gecko. You're out of line. Tell our paper, Mr. Cromwell. Tell our paper has 33 different vice presidents, each earning over $200,000 a year. Now, I spent the last two months analyzing what all these guys do, and I figure it out. One thing I do know is that our paper company lost $110 million last year, and I'll bet that half of that was spent in all the paperwork going back and forth between all these vice presidents. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfitted. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I'm not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms, greed for life, for money, for love. Knowledge has marked the upward surge of mankind, and greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the United States of America. Thank you very much. And that's my favorite thing to see the name for Jermaine the Yes. Thank yes, you, sir. Thank you. Thank yes, you, sir. Jonathan. Thank you. Yes. Yes, Jonathan. Yes. Barasazan. <laughs> Barasazan. So my what's favorite, your favorite scene of Season Man Man? Yes, yes, I'm so glad you asked. So my favorite scene of Season Man Man was my... I remember when I was in L.A. that Taco Bell had this delicious crunch wrap or something that you could... It was meant to eat when you drove. So I would, after, like, leaving work at midnight, I would eat this delicious... Crunch wrap from Taco Bell at like 1 a.m. in Burbank, and it was, you know, it was... Uh, what the hell does the crunch have to do with driving? That's what I'm know. <laughs> it was like it was it was put together in a form that was easy to handle while driving. And it's a regular wrap. Does it make that so? It was not a regular wrap. It almost was like kind of a pizza, but wrapped in crunch. (laughs) 
Spain's You're name. describing it. My laughing. And Tom Kroger is like, Tom Kroger was getting angry at this description. Yes. Very angry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I disrupted you. Go ahead, please. He did get very angry. Um, <laughs> Bane's Mane is from, uh, it's a monologue from She's a Married Man with a Man of Bane's Mane from the TV movie Babylon 5 in the beginning. And <laughs> Amanda Bane's says, <laughs> the humans, I think, knew they were doomed. But where another race would surrender to despair, the humans fought back with even greater strength. They made the Minbari fight for every inch of space. In my life, I have never seen anything like that. They would weep, they would pray, they would say goodbye to their loved ones, and then throw themselves without fear or hesitation at the very face of death itself, never surrendering. No one who saw them fight against the inevitable could help but be moved to tears by their courage, their stubborn nobility. When they ran out of ships, they used guns. When they ran out of guns, they used knives and sticks and bare hands. They were magnificent. I only hope that when it is my time, I die with half as much dignity as I saw in their eyes in the end. They did this for two years, but in the end, they didn't run out of courage. They ran out of time. And that is my favorite thing to say to my mind. Epic. That was an epic quote. That's the one line that comes to my mind. Epic. The word. Were, epic. Were, epic. Were there were there two of you just now clapping? It sounded like there were two of you. I was trying to do yes. There are me and my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Except today. <laughs> 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 I you can think you want to better. listen to that whole thing. Oh, I, I did. I bet you never will, though. No, I will. I will tonight because I'm going to do a little uh, reading. So I'm going to listen to it now. I, I want to hear that. So, Chevy, how long did that take? Listen, I don't advise reading and listening to podcasts. Reading and listening to music <laughs> is fine, but it is impossible to concentrate on one or the other. Like You, it, you need either one or the right. other with reading and podcasts. You're right. You know? I think I, I, you're, no, you're totally right. I think what I'll do is I'll probably not drive, but I'll, I'll do work. I'll do work with that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> work is not as important. <laughs> what? Work is not as important. So I'm, right. I'm going to definitely listen to that. Because I want to listen to that. It sounds basic. The semi is. Oddly normal throughout this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the normal one. And he even tells this story about how when he was first cast in Fargo and he was cast as an odd looking person, um, he said he said, Okay, so I can um like you know, I, I can bring uh some, some makeup if you want me to make me look uh strange or whatever and Joel and Ethan Cohen were like, Um no, that's 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 okay. Because, <laughs> you know, he's, he obviously already looks odd. Um, so I can think of no better way of ending this show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And, um, you know, a very, very good friend of mine uh, was, was directing was directing a play. It, well, I, well, he was in a play that uh, Rip Torn's wife was directing. And... <laughs> 
um, we there there was an after party at a restaurant. So after we went and we we saw the play, and then afterwards it was Rip Torn's uh, new wife because his old wife sadly is long gone. And this is many many years ago. But we were at a restaurant afterwards, and uh, he Rip. You know, he has a reputation of being very paranoid, always thinking that the cops are out to get him. And Rip Rip that night, Rip was, you know, he was very drunk. And he was going around uh, arm wrestling everyone at the party. And he was beating everyone. And then it got to me, and I, I had the grip, and and I beat him. And then he looks up, and after that, he looks up and he goes, Somebody owes me a martini. <laughs> An incredible story. It gets better every time. Well, I just, I, I just listened to the actual story for the first time in a long time today um, from the first Blaze and Rye radio episode, and... I totally forgot about the part where Tamar goes, and I had the grip, <laughs> and so, and, and I remember like Mac quoting it recently, and I was like, "What the hell is he talking about?" But that, that was it, and I had the grip, and I beat him, and it's just such like this, and I'll never forget when I played that story for John Robert Wallace Murphy and Jay Rawlings in in Westville, and we were just parked on the street somewhere, and they insisted on hearing it, and I played it for them, and I I and they were cracking up, and I said, "It doesn't make sense," and then John goes, "It sure doesn't." <laughs> It is it is the single greatest old showbiz story you will ever hear. Forget Danny Thomas and Jack Palance. Oh, I agree. And, and the funny thing is, every time I hear it, it gets better. And other than that, you know, Rip Horn's a great actor, but after hearing the story, I, I respect him even more. <laughs> and if you have a Barbie doll, what are you going to do with that fucking bitch? <laughs> you're going to take her on a, on a date and go out and get some good dinner? You're going to come back and while you're trying to fix the uh, glass coffee table, you're going to try to sit on your face, and it's going to fall into your mouth accidentally, because you didn't fix the table properly, but luckily it's just deprecation flavored Japanese food. <laughs> oh, gross, bro. <laughs> Good night, week. Good night, everyone. Good night, I miss starry night.